You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Tegan, I help connect businesses with tech talent and today I'm your host. Welcome to another episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Johan Stolt, Farnaz Vitali and Emma Palovic to discuss the topic of creating high performance teams. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Farnaz, do you want to kick us off? Sure, I can start. Uh, hi everyone, uh, my name is Farnaz. Uh, and I'm working within telecom industry, uh, so I'm working as a product development leader at Ericsson, uh, where we focus uh, basically on uh, creating limitless connectivity through the whole world. Then, uh, And I have a background as a software developer, uh, but it's been around six years uh, that I am taking more leadership responsibilities through different roles. Uh, and I'm so happy to be here and I'm looking forward to our discussions then. Fantastic. Thanks, Farnas. And Johan, we'll come to you next. Sure. So my name is Johan Stolt. Uh, I work in Folksam, uh, one of Sweden's biggest insurance companies. Uh, I work as a product manager uh, in an agile release train called InfraTogit, basically our infrastructure uh, department in Folksam. So my main product areas is, is monitoring, integration services, uh, IT service management and identity and access management. Uh, that's under my scope. And I've been in Folksam for 12 and a half years now, uh, so a long time. I've been, my background is from the business side. So I've been working as a customer service uh, agent and then I was a claims agent and, and also a team manager for the claims department. Uh, and then I ended up in Stockholm in, 2018 uh, and I uh, jumped into IT through the service desk as a manager there. So that's a bit of my background and I'm also glad to be here of course looking forward. Brilliant thanks Johan and last but not least Emma will come to you. Hello everyone. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to be here this is my already second podcast. So uh, I am Right now, working as software engineer and system architect for Telia, and I've been working as software engineer for past uh, nine years. I had um, I had two of my uh, own startups, which didn't work, but I got incredible experience out of that. Perfect. So now that we've established a contact to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. You all have a question or a statement on creating high performance teams. As usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation and have your say. So let's start firstly with Farnaz and your question was, it's often said that the fear of conflict can result in having problems within the team and hence stop the team from achieving high performance. My question is first, whether you agree with this statement and if so, how do you suggest to handle conflicts within the team? So Farnaz, if you could just elaborate on this a little bit further for us. 
Sure, of course. So I think, um, I mean, it's a lot of times that we want people to have like a speak up environment within the team and to be able to express their ideas. But there are sometimes like the fear or that uh, if I say this thing that might cause a conflict, shall I skip it? So it's a lot of thinking around that. So I wanted to uh, hear your inputs. What do you think? Do you encourage people to express any sort of ideas? And if that might cause a conflict, how to handle that then? Okay, fantastic. Johan, we'll come to you first. What are your thoughts on this? Sure. So, uh, well, I, I do agree with the statement. Uh, I think that the, the fear of conflict can result in having problem, problems uh, within the team. Um, so I, I do think that it is really important to have an open feedback culture. Uh, and and uh, uh, I think it's, well, interesting to think about how to create that culture uh, of, of openness. Um, and I would say that um, I'd rather have conflicts than having the team members maybe talking behind each other's back, uh, creating these, these long-term irritating things uh, uh, within the team. Um, so, so I think it's better to deal with the conflict when it, it happens. Um, and I, I think that as a leader, you need to, uh, well, go first in line and you need to show by leading, uh, with an example in these cases, that that's how I see it. So, uh, I suppose that it's, it's, uh, good as a leader to show that you're open to feedback, to take criticism, to, to question people around you in a good way. Uh, and I think that to create that feedback culture, it's really important to to uh, align the purpose of the team before. The vision and the goal is really important because then you can understand why feedback might have been given to you and why, why conflicts will, uh, well, happen within the team. Uh, so as a leader, I think the, the main point here is to lead lead with example uh, and try to deal with it when it happens. But I think it's really important to have an open feedback culture. And I do think that it is it could be poisonous in, in the long term to have a culture where you don't have conflicts. Yeah. OK, brilliant. And Emma, we'll head over to you. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. Okay, I totally agree with the statement and everything you said before. But also, I think that it is very important to separate uh, interpersonal conflicts and uh, like work-based conflicts, because um, work-based conflicts they can lead to actually resolution and uh, build on some like implement some new idea. Like when when you solve this conflict. Uh, then you will get results. Uh, another question: If uh, that goes into that grows into interpersonal conflict, uh, like how to do how to deal with interpersonal conflicts inside the team? Um, I've been in these situations when uh, we had to move people to different teams because of uh, because of this, and uh, that definitely. Uh, makes a uh, bad impact on productivity and overall mood of uh, every team member. If some of them are fighting uh, because because one does not like uh, another one. 
Okay, perfect. Um, hopefully, Farnaz, that gave you, um, you know, hopefully that shed a little bit of light for you surrounding your question. Um, we'll head on to Johan's question next. Um, and your question, Johan, was, I guess we all have experienced a state where a team that you worked in or managed just had that really natural and great flow, where you had a high delivery and at the same time, a really great atmosphere. Tell me about when that was and how the team composition looked like. Farnas, I think we'll come to you first. Yeah, sure. So um, I think, um, first of all, I really like the approach you had for the question, Johan. It's like, and it's it's really applicable to all different cases. So we look at the previous experiences, see what was working well, uh, and then try to find out the key contributors in that scenarios, learn from them, and then apply them in the future. So so that's a really great way of looking at things. Uh, and definitely, we have had all of us uh, different experiences in this setup. If I want to look at the past uh, and also all the different team setups that I myself have worked with or I have like uh, managed through these years, I think one of the most important things uh, and the factors here is that the team members trust each other. And we've seen that it's very beneficial when the trust exists because then you know that, for example, if I am going with a question to another person, that person will help me. If I am going with the feedback, even if it's going to be constructive, you know that it's coming from a good intention. So you're open to uh, to basically get and receive that feedback. Uh, and also uh, in terms of uh, the communication and sharing ideas when it comes for the uh, from the trust. Uh, then you are willing to share that, be open and transparent with it and have a good communication. Um, so that's one aspect of it. And the other part of it, I think, is, uh, is to be self-aware uh, for each team member. And what I mean is that to know your strengths and weaknesses and be open to uh, vulnerably talk about that, your weaknesses. For example, you can express like, this is where I am lacking information. So the other, for example, more experienced um, team member can help me in this area and vice versa. I can help with my uh, strengths uh, for another people. So I think that would be uh, very helpful. And I mean, in terms of personal qualities, then I would say uh, this is like to be able to work with reliable people, responsible people that you know when they say that I will take this task, uh, they will do all uh, that is in their, uh, uh, like all the effort that they can put to finish the task. Uh, so I think all of these uh, uh, play a big part into having like a good and natural flow uh, within the team. And one more thing is that not everyone are that serious in the team because you need to have fun in the team to reach that natural fluidity as well. Fantastic, Farnas. Thanks. That was definitely some uh, that was definitely some really good advice there for sure. Emma, what how do you feel about this? May I ask you to repeat the question, please? Because this one is very long. Yeah, of course, not a problem at all. So, 
Johan's question was, I guess we all have experienced a state where a team that you worked in or managed just had a really natural and great flow, where you had a high delivery and at the same time a really great atmosphere. Please tell me about when that was and what the team composition looked like. Ah, okay. Actually, I can say um, this about uh, my previous workplace. Oh, previous peers, but... Anyway, I used to lead a team um, in one of fintech companies in Estonia, and uh, our team was delivering uh, risk management solutions. Uh, I must say that this is uh, like our team became efficient, like really efficient, not since the beginning, but after we did some uh, uh, changes uh, in the company and in the team as well. Uh, First, uh, we had to let go of toxic people uh, because that was creating uh, that that action made very big difference for the atmosphere in the team. Um, I think what was important is uh, absence of interpersonal conflicts. This was I've been talking uh, you know, previously that uh, when we got rid of this factor then uh, it became uh, easy to work with like we still had uh, work based conflicts but uh, not not because someone does not like someone and um, important also important part was uh, like quite a high grade of freedom uh, for every team member but in the same time uh, every team member had to comply had, had to comply with uh, rules we set up for uh, for the entire team. Um, so I, I think uh, this is the key is uh, understanding uh, delivering promises and uh, uh, complying with uh, some common rules but having some greater freedom to, to do your work or you actually think your work must be done. Okay, so the answers given were, were very strong. Um, I also want to point out that Johan gave um, like a sub question um, which states, what kind of personal qualities within the team were key factors for that atmosphere to thrive? So in the times that you've explained, it would be great if you could let us know what kind of personalities and what kind of personal qualities were within the team at that moment in time to enable it to, to be so successful. Farnas, we'll come to you first. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, like that, uh, the fact that people are communicative, that they express whatever problems that are or their shared information with each other that is very important uh, and also uh, as i mentioned before that are like reliable uh, and uh, responsible like taking full responsibility for the work and i think it's 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 maybe where, uh, like not personal qualities but um to have some sort of a balance between the team and different like competences that are in the team uh, and also in terms of like even the age so that you have a balance uh, of more experienced people and more like newly 
graduate people that are coming and join the, joining the team. So they bring different levels of energies and perspectives into the team. That helps a lot to, to uh, sort of shape the team and reach that level of uh, like naturally coupling together that you want. Brilliant. And Emma, if you were to elaborate on your first answer. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think um, uh, responsibility is the key for delivering results and uh, uh, to be sure that every team member can rely on each other and openness, and especially for uh, the team in, in my experience. That was important because our team was uh, we had people from very different nationalities and backgrounds. So we had a uh, Nigerian guy, we had uh, uh, Russian, uh, Estonian, uh, we had transgender woman, and uh, uh, all those people had to understand, uh, understand each other and, uh, without making toxic jokes. Okay, fantastic. I think that's definitely, um, I think the way that you guys have both been able to come at the question from completely different standpoints is is brilliant. It's really educational on, you know, especially my behalf. Um, I think, Johan, maybe would you like to, to share something on this? Yeah, just want to elaborate on Farna's uh, trust there. I think that's a really interesting point uh, to to boil down a bit. So how how do you create that trust? What do you guys think uh, is is the factors to create that trust within the team? Farnas, do you want to oh, maybe I can start? Yes. <laughs> um, so I think I mean first of all when you're starting or creating a team let's say from scratch of course it takes a little bit of a time until that trust is built uh, but i think someone needs to take the lead in here and as you mentioned before like lead by example so start being the person that you want the team members to be showing those kinds of uh, like characteristics so that teams start to follow um, and I think one of the main things that, uh, at least for uh, us and, with, and within my teams, uh, helped us to build this trust was to show our vulnerable sides as well. We don't always have to be perfect. So we say, like, if we lack a problem somewhere uh, or we don't understand something, we openly bring that up. That's one thing. And also to build a little bit of a relation outside the work like create like what are the things that it's common it's not outside the work we are all all software developers we do coding we love that but what are the hobbies so what are what do you enjoy outside the work and you can connect on those levels as well and that is much easier to build the trust in that um, uh, aspect and then it goes to your uh, to your working career uh, aspect as well Fantastic. I think definitely coming from a recruitment point of view, you know, trust and, and building relationships is is key in any situation, really, which whichever side of the of the process you're on. Emma, how do you feel about this? You know, this made me to think about um, team building sessions. And uh, we definitely experienced it uh, 
team building for the whole company where like 140 people are going to some uh, retreat and uh, having activities. But actually, I'm quite skeptical for that one uh, as an instrument for building trust. Because uh, I'm sure that any one of you uh, who have been participating in this uh, could see that people are grouping to like, little groups of like, maybe maximum five people. And uh, that's how they're interacting. So maybe uh, if you're building a team inside of your company, so then uh, may take effort in uh, um, conducting some team building activities for teams separately. Now, after all, if your team of five developers is having a beer every Friday uh, after work, then you you'll definitely get uh, more warmer relationships uh, inside than in opposite cases. Fantastic, Farnas, have you got something in to reply to this? Yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah, I fully agree with that. I mean, I mean, if you if you want to focus on trust, it's good to start it with small groups and and like a closer silk circle, so to say. Like those uh, team buildings activities on a company level can be definitely a good initiative for having fun and also building networks and like finding commonalities with a larger group. But of course, like in a smaller and closer circle to, to focus on that, that I fully agree that that will help more with the trust. Yeah, definitely. Okay, fantastic. Um, I think we definitely hit the ground running with that question. Um, Johan, I think you've got something just to just to um, close that one. I, I just want to emphasize that I, I recognize this. Uh, well, that it, it is good to have these outside of work activities with the team and in, in smaller groups uh, with your closest team members, because I think you have you always have something to to laugh at the day after and things happens where you where you suddenly share common things that that always can connect the team together so i think it's uh yeah it's interesting topic uh and i also agree with them that bigger uh, conferences and those kind of things could be it, it's different perspectives i would say so i was mostly re referring to these uh, smaller team sessions because i think these are really important so yeah Thanks for the answers. Fantastic. Well, we'll move on to Emma's question. Um, anything that you guys want to pitch in at the end, we'll come back to that at the end um, when we summarise over the answers. So, Emma, your question was, how much freedom do you think a team must have to be self-managed enough and still structured, not chaotic, to be efficient? We'll head over to Farnaz then, and you can um, share your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think, I mean, that is a really interesting question and really hard to answer because you're right. I mean, you you would like to give all the freedom as possible to the team that are working with, but then you want to make sure that it doesn't become chaotic as you put it in your question as well. Um, so I think, I mean, one important thing is that the first thing would be to make sure whatever a responsibility the team takes, they feel the ownership of that. So I feel if 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 they start like feeling freedom of taking 
a decision, then they are uh, owning that decision and they must do their best to, first of all, fulfill that decision and reach that. Uh, and also, if, if it for any reason fails, make sure that they uh, like come up with another solution and um, basically um, reach the, the solution in a good manner then. Uh, so I think that's one aspect to teach the ownership uh, in the team. Uh, and the other part of it is to agree on, first of all, what are we doing? So that we all agree on the goal. What is it that we want to do it? Why do we want to do it? But then how you want to reach that, that can be something that is discussed uh, in the team and agreed upon. And once we feel uh, or, or we reach a common agreement, then the team can take on the freedom and start like using like a technology to reach to that level and to reach to that solution. But to be sure that everyone in the team is committed to that agreement and then they and they move toward reaching the goal that has been agreed at the beginning. Brilliant, Farnaz. What what a great answer. Um, I think we'll quickly head back to Johan. I think you've got a little more light to shed on this situation. Yeah, sure. So I, I think it's it's important as a leader to set the outer boundaries. But as as we've talked about, uh, there needs to be some space for the team to work within. Uh, and, and to be able to take those decisions by themselves. Um, and I also think that, that you need to iterate these boundaries with the team constantly, because that's about respect and that's how you collaborate together in the team. And I think that you as a leader in the team, uh, you, should, you should show that you're on the same level. So you should be open to listen to, to all of the team members and, and uh, what they want to do to build better things and, and to accomplish uh, uh, the goal, the common goal that you have. So my, my main point here is that I think it's the best way to solve it is to listen and, and to have uh, discussions together with the team. Brilliant. Thanks, Johan. Emma, if you would like to wrap up that question. No, actually, uh, I have good opinions. I, I agree about like clear communication and listening. Um, uh, I think also um, my question, like when I asked this question, I had like more things behind uh, about maybe technology spec the company and uh, functional non-functional requirements, but this is not scope of this conversation. So thank you very much. Thanks, Emma. So just to summarise, um, before we do wrap up the podcast, I'd love to know your guys' thoughts on the answers to your questions. So firstly, Farnas, how do you feel about the responses to your question? I think I really liked uh, both perspectives that uh, you and Emma, you, you described and added. Um, I really liked uh, that you divided and categorized these uh, conflicts, Emma, whether it's work-related or interpersonal. Uh, and also from your side, you on this leading by example, that was really great that like it's, it needs to stick in your mind and remember it all the time. So that's, that's really nice. I really appreciate the answers. Emma. Great, thanks Farnaz. Johan, I trust that the answers you got to your question allowed you to gain more of an insight into what you were looking for? 
Yes, for sure. Uh, I, I really liked the, the trust part from Farnas. Uh, and one thing that, that uh, stuck out for me was also this, and I would need to discuss that further because have fun in the team. You said that you need some team member that, that uh, really is fun for the team and, and creates that atmosphere. And I think that is actually really important. Uh, some, sometimes you need someone to yeah, ease the atmosphere and, and just have fun. So that's something that I take with me and I can really uh, recognize it from, from those times when I really had a, a great performing team around me. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad and thank you. Brilliant, thanks Johan. And Emma, to conclude, what are your thoughts on the answers given to your question? Well, I can uh, tell only my emotional response right now. So, yes, I, I cannot really find anything I disagree with what uh, everyone was talking about. So, answers are great. Thank you. Brilliant. Well, that's great. And we'll leave it there. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank Farnaz, Johan and Emma for providing their insights into the topic. And thank you for listening.